Welcome to the Baker McKenzie Latin America EMI podcast series, focusing on sector-specific issues that are impacting the players of the energy mining and infrastructure industry. You are listening to the investment environment in the Latin America energy mining and infrastructure sectors post-COVID-19. It is our pleasure to introduce our speakers. Moderating the session, Maria Fernanda Furtado, Chair of the Latin America Energy Mining and Infrastructure Group in cooperation with Trench Rossi Watanabe in Rio de Janeiro. Our panelists are Jonathan Adams, Compliance Partner from Mexico City, Liliana Espinosa, M&A Partner from Lima, and Raimundo Enriquez, Competition Partner from Mexico City. Hello, everyone. This is Maria Fernanda Furtado. We want to welcome you today to our podcast, Investment Environment in the Latin America Energy Mining Infrastructure Sectors After COVID-19. We hope you find this conversation useful for your business activities. Jointly with Jonathan, Liliana, Alejandro and Raimundo, we will provide our perspective on how the market and foreign investors are reacting and preparing for their next investment move post-COVID-19. Due to this unprecedented crisis, most countries in the region have adopted lockdown and curfew measures and are struggling with the effects of the economic downturn. By the same time, financing has become harder and interest rates are expected to escalate. Although EMI activities have been generally deemed essential and therefore companies engaged in such areas have been allowed to continue operating, Public bids have been postponed all over the region, where local governments have an important role in the development of such activities. Due to cash and resource restrictions, new projects have been postponed and we have seen companies renegotiating contracts with their suppliers and business partners. Discussions on the effects of forced major event, deferral of payments and suspension of fines are on everyone's agendas. By the same time, governments struggle to continue obtaining resources to finance the fight against COVID-19 and offer relief, including tax relief, to business and individuals. In this context, tax reforms, which aimed to rationalize and simplify tax systems, have been postponed. All this has already strongly impacted the Latin American market dynamics and will certainly lead to business reorganizations. Jonathan, please help us understanding what is the current scenario in terms of compliance management. Can you explain to us how do you see the local and national regulation structures in the region and what would be your recommendations to avoid risk under these current circumstances? Thank you, Maria, and it's great to be with you all uh, here this morning, even though it's a, it's a virtual meeting. Um, the, the words that you use, uh, Maria, are very, very important. Um, you mentioned um, the word current, and, and that's very important because changes are, are happening not just day to day, as we're already accustomed to in our region, but really hour to hour. Um, we're, we're constantly updating clients and, and dealing with client issues on an hour by hour basis. And this is especially true in the energy mining and infrastructure uh, arena, which is of vital national importance in uh, most of the jurisdictions in, in our region. So governments are paying specific and special attention to these industries. You also mentioned local and national structures, and both of these are 
important concepts because uh, more than ever, it's important to have uh, people on the ground, to have experts, trusted experts on the ground to understand what these local, national, and, and, uh, and other legal structures are, are, are telling us as they do change on a, on a constant basis. And first of all, it's important to remember, and as we'll hear from, from, from the other participants today, that the rule of law still applies. Uh, that may sound like something that's, that's obvious, but let's look at a few areas, and specifically in, in the compliance um, arena, where it's important to remember this because people and companies are tempted to, to forget this fact. So in this uh, current uh, COVID-19 environment, um, interactions with government officials have even more potential than usual for going wrong. That's a lot of times because government officials are confused about what um, they need to be doing. They are anxious to, to do something and sometimes they don't know exactly what they should be doing. So they can demand uh, closures of operations, extraordinary safety or health requirement uh, and, and equipment that's, that, that, that simply um, our, our clients are not prepared to, to deal with because it's not something sometimes that's even in, in the law. So companies need to have a plan in place to avoid getting caught off guard and running the risk of uh, acceding to improper demands to you know, get through the day and, and continue with operations. So company officials and, and employees should all have very clear instructions as to who will deal with requests from government officials and, and, and have those interactions with, with government officials. And be prepared for officials to impose strict requirements and then possibly offer to soften or lift and lift those requirements if the company can accede to some of the demands such as make a donation or, or something of that sort. Um, we have supported clients in, in all of our Latin American jurisdictions in these days, um, in, in these situations. And we can either support clients behind the scenes or as we have done in many cases, be the points of contact with the government authorities to reach uh, resolutions that are optimal from a business perspective and also uh, very importantly compliant with law. Second of all, very quickly, um, be aware that there is confusion all over the region as to which levels of government have authority to deal with the uh, COVID-19 contingency situation. Uh, the names and relative powers of, of these different levels of government differ from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, um, but they generally correspond to uh, national, regional, and municipal. So here in Mexico, it's uh, federation. In, in Colombia, there are departamentos instead of states, but um, the, the, the concepts are similar and, and it's important to have a, a very uh, good knowledge and solid knowledge of, of those different requirements. We've encountered situations in, in numerous countries around the region where the national government has issued regulations, but the local governments have not, or they've issued sometimes even contradictory regulations. Um, so at times the local governments will enforce the national regulations. Sometimes they will improvise and make their own rules. And sometimes they'll act in, in ways that are clearly 
um, contrary to law. Uh, one of the problems that we that we have in uh, in this COVID nineteen contingency situation is that many courts around the region are closed except for emergency uh, situations. So <clears throat> in those cases, we either need to convince the courts that our cases are an emergency, or we are faced with a decision to either disregard the local authorities where the law clearly supports our position um, and, we, and we see that the authority is acting contrary to law or run the risk of, uh, of, of serious business uh, interruptions. So obviously the choice can be very high stakes um, if, especially if operations are, are going to be shutting down. And third and finally, at, at times such as these where we have, we're facing various levels of stay at home or business closure rules, operations closures rules based on the, the COVID-19 contingency. Um, and we have learned that the, that the media in, in our region and, and all over the world can be unreliable. It's a vital importance to have trusted advisors and uh, business contacts on the ground close to the situation. Because ironically, at these times of social distancing, being close to the communities where our operations are located is really the most important. So remember, again, as we will review throughout the presentation with Alejandro, Liliana, and others, we must continue to conduct business in a compliant manner because in the long run, that's going to be the most successful and the most profitable for our countries. So Maria Fernanda, I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. This is, that is a good question. From what I have seen, the crisis did not reduce, mitigate compliance obligations. Actually, it's quite the contrary, and companies should more prepare than ever to assess and deal with improper demands. And this may be even critical for post-crisis reorganizations and acquisitions. Indeed, many compliance obligations must be taken into consideration before taking our business to the next level. Moving on to the post-COVID-19 landscape, how are the Latin American countries expecting to rebuild their economies and attract foreign investors? Alejandra Liliana, as transactional lawyers, what are your perspectives on how we, can we evolve this situation? What will be the new normal? So, um, so thank you, uh, Maria Fernanda. Uh, I guess, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very happy to be here uh, this this morning and 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 talk to you um, about this, uh, which I guess is is, is really what uh, interests uh, more people uh, to to try to understand how we're going to to move out of this uh, lockdown uh, situation and and what happens uh, when and what happens when we're already uh, back to work. What's going to be the scenario uh, that we are faced with? And, uh, and, and uh, you know, Liliana uh, will speak about uh, M&A uh, later, so I, I will not address that because, but that is, is, is a, a key element of the, of the recovery of the, you know, of the uh, turn uh, of things uh, that we're going to see. Uh, but I want to talk about, uh, you know, what uh, government uh, initiatives uh, ought to be or, or are being right now because we're already uh, seeing a very important number of, of initiatives. 
um, you know, first of all, uh, we're, we're going to see uh, or we are already seeing um, central banks throughout Latin America trying to, uh, you know, trying to, to, to maintain uh, capital uh, in Colombia, trying to, to make it easy for commercial banks to uh, flow money to the market by lowering uh, intervention uh, rates. And, 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 that's, uh, and that's, I think, uh, one, uh, one constant uh, that, we're, that we're going to see. Uh, the next is, uh, is, uh, is something that, that we are already seeing in, in a number of countries. Uh, Mexico is, uh, is the most recent uh, on, on the on the 21 of April, uh, Mexico already uh, announced uh, you know lines of credit for for 30 billion uh, 30 billion dollars, and and that's you know that's a, a very significant uh, amount of money uh, in order to to really you know get cash to uh, to companies, get companies uh, able to uh, maintain or to stay alive. Uh, while the you know crisis of, of liquidity that we are uh, that we are already facing uh, maintains and 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 that's uh, that's probably uh, one of the most important uh, elements of the intervention that we're going to see uh, of the government. The third one is is uh, something that uh, in Latin America uh, we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen in, in many years. Uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, the, the nationalizations uh, by way of, of bailouts. That means uh, basically acquiring companies that are uh, going bankrupt, uh, especially when, when those companies are, uh, you know, are or provide a, an essential uh, service. And, and I'm thinking, for example, of, uh, you know, national oil companies that, that may be uh, under extreme uh, circumstances right now, or um, you know, for example, uh, airlines uh, that that are essential for the mobility uh, of of a, of a country that, that may uh, actually go uh, insolvent at this point. I think that's uh, the third, uh, the third you know way or the third me- mechanism of, of alternatives that uh, that are available uh, for governments. Um, the fourth one is, is something that uh, that we are already seeing that we have already seen in, in a number of countries, which is uh, the um, expansion of uh, insolvency or or the uh, flexibilization of uh, mechanisms to seek for companies to seek protection uh, under under insolvency. This is this is very important. Uh, because because we have to remember that insolvency is aimed at protecting companies. It's at protecting uh, you know going concerns, irrespective of of who the owners end up being. But but that's the the very reason for uh, that's the very reason for for the insolvency regime as opposed to the bankruptcy regime, and 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 therefore. Uh, the you know making creating measures that are more flexible is is definitely uh, more important. We are we have already seen that in Colombia, and I'm pretty sure that that we're going to see uh, you know a, a lot of that uh, in in more jurisdictions. Uh, there are uh, there are you know words of caution. There are warnings that that we all have to to take care of. 
uh, and that governments have to really consider. Uh, the, the first one is, uh, you know, all of these measures, especially when you when you in, you know inject uh, a lot of cash into the into the economy. Uh, there's always the risk of inflation, uh, which I guess is is probably uh, one of the most important, uh, you know, quote unquote taxes uh, for people, especially for for low income people. And 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 as a result, uh, central banks need to uh, do something that is extremely difficult, which is uh, you know making sure that that there's a lot of capital, but at the same time in in the in the market, but at the same time uh, that uh, inflation is controlled. Uh, the other one is is also uh, very complex for governments, and and you know uh, I, I I think it's it's very hard to be. Uh, a, a government leader uh, at this point because of the of the multiple uh, and, and very opposing uh, things that that we are faced with and and, and I'm thinking of, of tax reforms it's very easy to think that or uh, all of this money needs to come from somewhere uh, but at this point if we uh, impose more taxes on companies um, it's going to be more difficult for companies to actually come more, and and for foreign investors, uh, especially in in high tax uh, economies like like Colombia, uh, it, it's going to be difficult for for those investors to say, look, I'm going to uh, go from a, a safe environment uh, to uh, a, a non-safe environment, a, a, an environment where. Um, where making money is has a, a significantly higher risk, and I'm thinking, you know, any emergent uh, market, and and if there is no premium or a significantly uh, big uh, premium for for that, and and therefore uh, governments need to be very careful about how they, uh, you know, prepare their uh, tax reforms so that they, they don't uh, scare away. Um, uh, investment, especially foreign investment. Uh, the other one is, is something that we are already seeing, uh, and, and that I think is, is one of the most difficult things in, in Latin America, and that is, uh, you know, lowering labor costs and, and, and creating uh, more a more flexible employment regime. I think governments in Latin America have traditionally rejected uh, touching the labor regime, uh, because unions are extremely opposed to that, uh, and, and, and that's perfectly understandable. But at this point, if, uh, if all of us do not take uh, a, a small hit you know, in, in, in our personal uh, revenue, and, and I'm thinking employment, employees in general, uh, if we all do not make a collective effort, if we want, if we want to maintain everything as it was before, uh, it's going to be extremely difficult to uh, stabilize uh, economies uh, at a faster pace. And, and therefore, I think uh, this is this is one uh, of the um, of the mechanisms uh, where you know that that's also going to be significant. And, and I'm hoping that governments are capable of of actually uh, doing that. Um, that's, uh, those, those are, uh, I guess, the, the key comments uh, that, I, that I believe are uh, 
the way that Latin America will continue to be uh, attractive for uh, both inbound and domestic uh, transactions. And, 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 and with that, I have to ask Liliana, uh, what, what do you think about all this? Thank you, Alejandro. Yes, Latin America is always attractive for long-term investments. There are good opportunities in our region if you want to invest for the long run. One advantage of our region is that we are well prepared for crisis. Companies have recovered from multiple political and economic crises and know how to deal and adjust to an uncertain environment as we are living today. Today, we are hearing from investors that they want to guarantee cash flow, to carefully review the current situation of their investments and adapt to the new consumer behavior. But they are also looking for interesting opportunities in the market post-COVID. First, because they realized that there will be targets that have never been in the market before. Some economic groups will need to sell good assets to continue in business. And that brings a lot of opportunities for investors. Second, COVID will affect the numbers of all companies. Everyone will need to adjust forecasts and prices will be more reasonable to buyers. Third, there will be winners after COVID. We all know that crisis creates opportunities and that applies perfectly to the M&A market. The ones that have cash, vision, and could execute transactions during challenging conditions will be those winners. For example, private equity funds. They could be beneficiaries of post-COVID world. They have cash. Right now, they are focusing in their own investments and portfolio companies, but also they are looking for opportunities for the near future. We are confident that M&A activity will pick up after the crisis. That's no doubt. But it will take some time. Since deal execution takes time. You need to know the target. You need to know the other party. You need to review those adjusted numbers and forecast. You need to negotiate appropriate terms and conditions under this environment. But again, we are confident that those deals in Latin America will happen. And as a region, we will be one of the winners after this crisis. Those are great alternatives to reactivate our economies. We are seeing that the new normal is the energy transition into renewables or any other alternative energy sources, mining and new financing alternatives and government incentives for infrastructure projects. On the other hand, we are also facing a potential crisis with the merger control reviews in the industry. Raimundo, in your perspective, what would be the practical solutions for current and future deals and how to overcome this regulatory shift from an antitrust competition perspective? Hello, thank you, Maria. Uh, glad to be here. Um, 
As the COVID-19 pandemic is becoming more and more harmful to the economy of most Latin American countries, the extraordinary measures taken by the governments to contain the spread of the pandemic are having undoubtedly adverse economic effects. Such restrictions may discourage capital investment and the development of new projects, as well as lead to significant losses for many companies. In light of the above, companies will need to adapt quickly to the new operational and regulatory challenges arising from the pandemic. Nevertheless, competition law is still in force now, more than ever. It is important to consider that companies should keep in mind some considerations to prevent potential competition risks relating to their behavior or practices during the pandemic. These considerations come to light in the statements of the Mexican and several Latin American competition agencies on the application of the competition law during this health emergency, which I will touch upon briefly. For instance, in Mexico, in terms of suspension of deadlines, the Federal Competition Commission, COFESI, and the Telecom Institute, IFT, as the correspondent, they are the correspondent competition authorities, as well as the specialized courts of the federal judicial brands, have stated that the legal time frames and deadlines for some of the proceedings will not elapse. The above does not necessarily imply, please note, a total suspension of work activities. COFESE suspended the legal timeframes only for some of its processes. Such measures will remain in force at least until May 6 and possibly May 30th, depending on the progress of the public health emergency. The IFT and specialized federal courts will most likely follow the same path. Let me just touch upon a little bit of the investigation on controls very briefly, because the legal timeframes corresponding to the first phase of an investigation of the, you know, are, are suspended. In contrast, the deadlines corresponding to the second phase, the one that it's uh, as a trial-like procedure, have not been suspended. With respect to the exercise of its enforcement powers to initiate investigations, COFESE has stated that it will review as a priority the markets where indiscriminate price increases are observed in order to assess and, if necessary, rule out possible arrangement between competitors as the cause of those increases. In the case the above is confirmed, of course, the authority will investigate immediately. Additionally, if um, a potential collaboration agreement could generate competition concerns, but the main or predominant objective is not to fix or manipulate prices, reduce supply or segment the market, the relevant companies to that agreement in the case, of course, where we're uh, dealing with uh, uh, collaboration agreements 
necessary to maintain or increase supply mid-demand, protect supply change, or but they are not aimed to displace competitors. They must inform COFESE immediately about the intention of such an agreement. Once the health emergency arising from the COVID-19 has ended, companies must give notice to COFESE of the conclusion of such agreement. Now, let me touch uh, upon the merger control process, which I think it's uh, quite important uh, for this uh, topic we're addressing. The merger control processes carried out by COFESE were not suspended. The above is possible because the agency has implemented an electronic system that allowed us to carry out such processes remotely. However, even when COFESE is committed monthly review merger notices, it is important to bear in mind that COVID-19 outbreak in Mexico will no doubt delay such process. In particular, as for the transactions with significant competition issues or those that evidently will require some remedies. COFESE stressed the fact that companies are responsible to assess whether a collaboration agreement is in fact a merger. Now, let me turn uh, very briefly again to an overview of what is happening in other Latin American jurisdictions. Some competition agencies in Latin America have also adopted measures to ensure the correct implementation of the competition policy in the context of COVID-19 outbreak. However, other governments are misusing their competition. For instance, in Argentina, broadly speaking, the National Commission for the Defense of Competition have put in place a freezer being replaced by direct intervention in the economy actions, in particular for the control of the prices of goods to be acquired by consumers. In on the other hand, the Defense Administrative Council for Economic Defense, SCAGI, is making significant efforts to keep the pace of the merger cases, which continue to accept and process matters in normal terms. Chile, on the other hand, the National Economic Prosecutor's Office, has also taken steps to carry out of its activities electronically. With respect to Colombia, the authority has urged the business sector to avoid practices that restrict free competition or distort prices. Just um, trying to conclude with some final uh, comments. The promotion and protection of competition will be vital for the management of health emergencies and for creating a proper environment to facilitate the economic recovery of each country. According to the International Competition Network, no agency has completely shut down. The staff of almost all of the competing agencies are performing and will continue performing remote work from their homes. Investigations in jurisdictions where are still ongoing the meetings and hearings are held through electronic means. Additionally, 
agencies require companies to submit information electronically. On merger control, in some jurisdictions, as we saw, the non-urgent matters are on hold. In other, the analysis are still ongoing, although agencies have asked for patients to analyze and issue the corresponding resolutions. As you may see, cartel investigations will continue to be a priority for competition agencies, particularly with regard to price fixing practices. Competition agencies should be aware of temporary agreements between competitors that could be necessary to ensure the supply and distribution of products and services related to consumer health and service. As for multi-jurisdictional merger cases in Latin America, we recommend <clears throat> to identify it as soon as possible the jurisdictions where filings will be required, continuously monitor development in those jurisdictions, and consider the need to renegotiate or seek exemptions for central contractual provisions between the parties as the COVID-19 breakout may inhibit or prevent due to performance. Finally, assess the economic impact of COVID-19 crisis in each jurisdiction. Also note how this may affect the timing of such competition agencies' review of the transaction. And now, back to Maria. Thank you very much. Thank you, Raimundo. We are still starting to see how the energy mining infrastructure industry is reaccommodating to the new playing field. Certainly, different countries will go to this crisis in different ways, depending on how hard they have been impacted by this disease, but also on the ability of their local governments to approve the necessary measures to map, contain it, and offer effective relief to business. It is also expected that different sectors react at a different pace. After the crisis, infrastructure development, already dramatically needed in Latin America, will be more important than ever. The mining industry, for example, may experience a faster recovery in comparison with the oil and gas one, which has experienced a significant drop in the oil prices. In general, however, we expect that post-COVID-19, we see an increase in mergers and acquisitions and reorganizations in the region. Some say that they will be mainly focused on distressed assets, but I suspect that they may be also driven by a shift from global to regional business models. Strong compliance systems will be key for assessing financing and to protect assets and business against devaluation. And governments must introduce tools to allow that transactions occur at a faster pace and lower cost while fostering competition. We want to thank you again for joining us in the investment environment in the Latin America energy mining infrastructure sectors after COVID-19 podcast. On behalf of the Latin America energy mining infrastructure team, we are happy to provide further insight and answer any questions you may have.